1: Well, folks,
0: welcome to the free Savage Nation podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you, but for those of you who have been requesting that we provide for you an ad-free podcast, we're going to keep doing that, and in addition to getting the ad-free podcast, which many of you want, for less than the price of a beer in a bar a month, only three ninety nine dollars a month, you're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe I'll read from one of my novels... You're going to get an archive piece going back to 1994. Whatever comes up, you're going to get on an occasional basis. Details will be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. I'm going to give you a link right now. And if you want to join, all you got to do is go to glow.fm slash savage premium. Glow.fm slash savage premium. Glow.fm slash savage premium. If you click on it. You're going to see a cartoon of me join Savages Exclusive Club with the rate. And you just click and you join. You're going to love it. I appreciate it very much. I hope you join the Savage Exclusive Club. I want to thank you very much for supporting the Savage Nation podcast, either the free version or the paid version, your patronage. It's appreciated. It's that simple. Thank you so much for listening. line Trump organization charged tax crimes evidence unveiled in mourning Weisselberg surrenders why are they out to get him why are they out to destroy a man who was no longer president what is this all about in order to understand why they're crucifying Donald Trump and everyone who ever worked for him you have to go back and see what he actually did for this nation and what would have been done to this country had Hillary won the election had Hillary won the election What we are going through now with open borders, rampant crime, total corruption, printing money would have been going on since 2016. And so Trump won because we wanted him to win. I was as happy as anyone that Trump won. I believe it saved America from certain ruin. But it's not my job to be a cheerleader. It's my job to tell you the truth. Trump is the general who we elected to lead our fight. That's what he was. We know that he's up against an enemy, as is America, that will and has stopped at nothing to defeat him and us. Forget the Geneva Conventions or any other civilized rules of engagement. The evil forces that nearly destroyed this nation over the years under Obama are doing and saying anything to destroy anyone, including some of their own, to reverse what Trump did during his four years as president, it's been a war that we've been through. It's the kind of war I predicted in Trump's war in my many other books. We've suffered defeats along the way, just like the original American patriots. Many Americans don't really know the history of their own country anymore. But after that initial victory in Boston, the Americans were soundly defeated several times in Quebec, New York randy wine creek and philadelphia so too have we suffered defeats after trump left office many of these defeats were caused as much by rhinos and neocons as they were by the democrats or the liberal media just like george washington trump can only do so much with the troops at his command Washington had the Minutemen militia romanticized by historians in the decades after the Revolutionary War as farmers and shopkeepers who would grab their muskets at a moment's notice and suddenly become soldiers who would fight the British. But in reality, those militia lived up to their names in a much less heroic way. They were rarely around much longer than a minute after the bullets started flying. But at least they ran from the battlefield simply because they were scared. Many rhinos in Congress simply take every chance they get to abandon our revolution because they don't support borders, language, and culture. That's our platform. If that's a crime, borders, language, and culture, then 97 million of us are now guilty. But remember this, despite everything we're up against, the most propagandist media in world history, far worse than communist China, far-left radicals who have taken complete control of the Democrat Socialist Party, The progressive so-called brown shirts and the squid who increasingly act like Hitler's essay in fomenting civil rebellion, violent rebellion in our streets and traitors among our own ranks. We've also won some victories which are now being peeled back and destroyed. So today they indicted Donald Trump, not directly, but they're trying to destroy an old man who's worked for him and his father for over 50 years. Did you hear that one? Poor Mr. Weisselberg. What's his crime? He was Donald Trump's accountant. Headline, top Trump executive Alan Weisselberg surrenders to face charges. His CFO, Alan Weisselberg, surrendered to the Manhattan DA's office. That's uh, Mr. Vance. Prepared to face charges in connection with a tax investigation, people with knowledge of the matter said. Now, you and I both know that Hunter Biden and the Biden team is far more corrupt than anything Trump has ever done. And yet you see nothing going on with regard to that. Mr. Weisselberg will be dragged through the over the hot coals. Of course he will plead not guilty and will fight these charges in court according to his lawyers. But that's not good enough. They're using him as a pawn in a scorched earth attempt to harm the former president. This is not justice. This is politics. They're bringing a criminal prosecution involving employee benefits that neither the IRS or any other DA would ever think of bringing. That's clear as a bell. So why are they out to decimate Trump again? Well, the Russia collusion charges didn't stick because they were true about the Bidens, not about Trump. So what are they doing here? What they're doing is they're fighting Trump to prevent him from running again. They understand that he still has a phenomenal audience, a phenomenal following, and that most of his policies are what most Americans want. We know that Mr. Trump himself will not face charges. But an indictment of the company that carries his name is a blow to the former president, even in the midst of his rallies. You hear me? The investigation is a political prosecution, a political persecution. It will cost him every dime he has left. It will destroy his company and their finances. It will jeopardize his relationship with business partners who have stood by him and his organization ever since this started. And so he keeps fighting, fighting and fighting and fighting.
1: We have to fight so strong. Look at me. They go after me with Mueller, with this one, with that one, with impeachment one, impeachment. I call it the impeachment hoax one and two. And all of this, all nonsense, made up stuff. In fact, they were the ones who were guilty. They come after me. New York radical left prosecutors come after me. You got to always fight. You got to keep fighting. It's a disgusting thing. The
0: prosecutors in New York are letting crime run out of control. The prosecutors in New York are letting the governor of New York get away with all the accusations by all of the women. And remember this, Trump is not even in office. So why are they going after Mr. Weisselberg's personal tax returns and bank records? Why are they going after this poor accountant, a man who began his career working for Mr. Trump's father nearly 50 years ago, who has served the Trump organization's financial gatekeeper for more than 20 years? and recently ran the business with Donald Trump's adult sons while Mr. Trump served America in the White House. Why are they trying to destroy the 73-year-old accountant? Why? Because they're going to use him in the witch hunt as a pawn. They're hoping he will cooperate with the vicious prosecutors and plead guilty on striking a plea deal. And if he does so, what they will try to do is show that Mr. Trump violated tax laws ever since the 1990s and how are they doing this the prosecutors who are letting crime run wild in the streets who are letting the governor of new york state off scot-free with all the accusations of all of the women are zeroing in on the benefits this accountant may have received from mr trump while working for him that would be private school tuition for mr Weisselberg's grandchildren a rent-free apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and leased Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Can you believe this is what they're going after Weisselberg for? Benefits that he received, that he should have reported, is that the big crime here? Now, these types of benefits are generally taxable. Weisselberg may have paid taxes on them. However, there are exceptions to this kind of benefit being taxable. And the tax rules can be quite fluid. And so, even if Mr. Weisselberg refuses to cooperate, the charges against him are a milestone for this D.A. Vance, a lifetime Democrat who has been out to destroy Donald Trump from the beginning.
1: Michael Savage, a host like no other.
0: We're continuing our discussion now of the selective persecution of Donald Trump through his subordinates. Why are they crucifying Donald Trump and everyone who worked for him? As I said to you earlier, you have to go back and see what he actually did for this nation to understand what the illegitimate gangster left is trying to achieve, which is the dissolution of our borders, language and culture. So let's look in more detail at what the enemies within are really trying to do by persecuting Donald Trump after he is out of office. They don't want him to run again, that's clear. That's because about 100 million Americans would vote for him right now, more than voted for him last time, owing to the fact that our borders have been busted by Biden and his chi front gang. What happened thus far is a nightmare in only a few months. In only six months, the enemies within have already reversed the economic war that Trump successfully launched against our enemies. China and all the other countries are now running all over us. We just saw ships going back to China out of San Francisco Bay, sitting high in the water with their rudders showing and the waterline many feet above the water. They're going back empty all over again. Remember I told you before Trump became president under Obama the snake, The ships were coming in full and going back empty to China. And then during Trump, suddenly the ships were going back filled with American goods. They're now going back empty. The trade traders are at it again. What about Trump's war for our borders? As tepid as it was, owing to the Democrats who blocked them at every turn, the ancient mass population changes that have destroyed nations going back to Rome was slowed down, if not reversed, under Donald Trump. Diseases being imported. Gangs are being imported. Sanctuary cities are being expanded. Drugs are being expanded. That's not good enough for you? Now, What about the culture wars? Trump certainly stood proudly on the front lines against the degenerates. Look what's going on now. That's not entertainment, what we are seeing. Academia and the media have poisoned our culture with degeneracy and the sickest kinds of crap you have ever seen. How about Trump's war to restore the military? What's happened since? You see what's going on with General Miley. You see he's supporting transgender stuff in the military. You see he's supporting so-called critical race theory, which is an attack upon patriotic white officers, reducing qualifications and standards in in the military. You see all of this, don't you? Probably not because you're blinded by Wolf Blitzer. CNN and the mob of leftist scum. Trump was a man against the war machine, which is one of the main reasons I supported him to begin with. What's happened since? You don't remember what happened? War broke out between the Arabs and the Jews. You haven't seen any of this? The liberal warmongers are back. The war profiteers are back. The neocons are back. It's not just the Democrats. It's the rhinos. We have the people versus the rhinos, the people versus the Democrats, the people versus the socialists, the people versus the communists. We see the Republican trade traders. How about Trump's war to restore real science? He didn't do very well on that. And matter of fact, he let Fauci run wild, which is the reason we had such insanity during the covid years, which will come back, by the way, like a raging bull come this winter.
1: Well, we're definitely very, very forcefully and, and strongly going in the right direction. You showed the numbers of the people, the adults who are vaccinated fully and those who have at least one dose and the numbers are good but they're not where we
0: ultimately want them to be what about trump's war for the first amendment well soros's brown shirts are now running the media and the new ministry of truths everywhere block what's reality in fact in chicago where crime is out of control where murders are out of control the mayor so called the front woman the dummy lightfoot had the nerve to get up in front of the city council over the weekend and say, what crime? There is no crime. Statistics show crime is down. This is while everyone in Chicago is running for their lives. What about Trump's war for the Second Amendment? Did you know that the city of San Jose just passed a law which will require all gun owners to get liability insurance for their guns? Will that apply to the gangs from Central America? Will that apply to the gangs running drugs in the cities? No, it will apply only to you, those of you of all races trying to defend yourself against the coming deluge. There's much more I could say. There was no Russia collusion. There's Ukraine collusion with the Bidens. There's China collusion with the Bidens. The liberals know what's going on, but the fact is they are not liberals. They're not progressives. They are a deadline for America. This is the Savage Nation. Let's listen to see what follows and let me know what you think about what's really going on with regard to the persecution. I should say the selective persecution of Donald Trump.
1: The Savage Nation. It's Savage on Demand. And so today we're going to look at Trump's
0: legacy and you'll see why the left is still out to destroy him. And I'm playing some pieces from the past that are very relevant today. I read solutions from Trump's war and Trump's battle against the war machine. I predicted that there'd be a new war within six months. And lo and behold, there we saw it happen once again in the Middle East. Look, I'm known as the architect of Trumpomania. That's well known. There have been other supporters and other books But no single book defined the Trump presidency better than Trump's war and still the best book on the subject. And to sit and bellyache about this for day day after day is not the answer. I'm an idea man, but I'm a solutions man. I want to read you some of my solutions from Trump's war. Tell me if you agree with them because I believe this battle plan is the best out there. If there's something better, let me know about it. On the economy, cut taxes on shackle American corporations and citizens. Quit NAFTA at once, just as he did with TPP. Employment mandate for America. Foreigners need not apply. Immediately rebuild infrastructure through private investment. On repealing Obamacare, look what I wrote. Recognize that the healthcare system was broken before Obamacare and why. Fix the crony capitalist FDA. Mandate insurance availability for individuals across state lines. Raise the eligibility rate, eligibility age of Medicare. Mandate co-pays for Medicare and Medicaid. Simple. I mean, I know the answers. Restoring our borders from Trump's war. World War III is being waged by undocumented, unvetted immigrants. Start fighting back. Purge our shores of enemy combatants and limit World War III to Europe. Build the border wall now. Fire the bleeding hearts at the Centers for Disease Control and restore sensible public health protocols abolish sanctuary cities and deport the illegal vermin who are killing our citizens now trump gave a speech just on that last point today on long island a great speech by the way okay restoring our culture from trump's war kill common core at the state level restore civics classes at the local level abolish the department of education use the bully pulpit to preach americanism next restoring the military to beef up the military man up the military Help wounded warriors, not sexually confused enlistees. It's biology, not misogyny. Gender equality has no place in the armed services. Make the VA more transparent and accountable via the Accountability First and Appeals Modernization Act and the Caring for Our Heroes in the 21st Century Act. It's very clear, isn't it? Well, it's in my book. And these are all in the last few pages of uh, Trump's war. Let me go on. Defeating the War Machine. Stand firm on peace with Russia. Isn't it odd that cowards on the left want war with Russia? Isn't it odd that the people without children of military age want war with Russia? Isn't it odd that the people who would be frightened of a backfire of a truck want war with Russia? Isn't it sickening? Stand firm on peace with Russia. Destroy ISIS and then leave the Middle East. Bring our troops home from unnecessary deployments. I can hear the cheers right now. Defeating the rhinos. Isn't that a big one today? Ignore the think tanks on trade and the wall. Punish rhinos at the ballot box and primaries. Make sure the GOP doesn't mean grand old party, but government of the people. Let me repeat that. Make sure GOP doesn't mean grand old party, but government of the people. Listen to the next line in Trump's war, and you'll see why it's a bestseller. A2 Brutus, Trump must beware. A2 Brutus. I can fill in other names for Brutus. A, too Brutus, you too Brutus, Trump must beware. Restoring real science, fund research by global warming skeptics. Promote conservative conservatism over progressive environmentalism. Exercise caution and care in repealing environmental regulations. Restore real science at the NIH, CDC, and FDA. I can still help him do that. I would never leave radio, but boy, could I help him restore real science in the NIH, CDC, and FDA. But let me tell you something. The very same backstabbers around him will not even let me get near him with my ideas for fixing the NIH, CDC, and FDA. This is how bad they are. I I can tell you stories one day that you'll never believe, and I know who they are. I can name the names of the people who will not let Trump hear what needs to be heard. They're all some of the worst people on the planet pretending to be conservatives when a year or two ago they were the opposite, opposite nobodies. Defending the First Amendment. Root out the socialist propaganda that Obama concealed in the National Defense Authorization Act. Jail anarchists who cross state lines to incite unrest. Shield religion from persecution by passing the First Amendment Defense Act. Next I write defending the Second Amendment. The problem isn't guns, it's mass shooters armed with radicalism, drugs and mental issues. Order public health agencies to conduct unbiased studies on the side effects of psychotropic drugs. That's a huge one. And finally, in Trump's war, my main solution, defeating the deep state. Study the global agenda of the intelligence community. Back Trump's plan to end the new Cold War with Russia. Learn how to recognize fake news. Really? Oh, the words fake news appeared in Trump's war before you heard it? How is that possible? You didn't hear about that on Fox News, did you? No, I am the architect of Trump's war. There's a lot more in addition to his day one executive orders to pull out of TPP, defund international organizations that perform abortions, put a hiring freeze on non-military federal workers. Trump wrote subsequent orders to build the wall, defund sanctuary cities, hire 5,000 more border guards, and end the catch and release policy for illegal immigrants. That's a good thing. That and more was accomplished in the first days of Trump's presidency. It was a victory for you, the savage nation who have supported my message of borders, language, and culture for more than 22 years. Make no mistake about it, Trump was reading from our playbook, and I say our playbook. I am proud to have done so much to get Donald Trump elected, but the war is just beginning. There will be more riots, more propaganda, more backroom betrayals, and more international intrigue from the globalists. Remember, it was God's will that this underdog, Donald Trump, defeated the vast armies of the New World Order. We must pray for him and for our nation while standing strong against the global forces of collectivism. Those are the last words of Trump's war, and they're good words. They're on the level I want them to be, and I'm very proud of that book. I'm going to direct you to a reading assignment as though this is a a seminar, a graduate school seminar in war and peace. direct you to the most important document on this subject, which is Trump's war. You have the book. Many of you have the book. Page 137, Trump's war against the war machine. I called him a man of peace. Page 139, one of the reasons I worked so hard to get Trump elected is I believe he will be a man of peace. Did you hear this? I said, put everything else aside. The most important thing in this world is not the economy, it's peace. Domestic peace international peace peace between individuals peace between nations is far more important than gross domestic product or low interest rates Hundreds of years ago. I wrote Thomas Hobbes said the very first law of nature is to seek peace my friends This is the essence of true conservatism and I'm not just talking about the absence of military war on the battlefield I'm talking about peace between individuals and groups within society It's the opposite of progressivism, which seeks nothing but conflict. Progressives promote conflict between people of different racial groups, different sexual orientations, and different income levels. They even promote conflict between men and women. This is all in the most important document you could ever, ever have in your hand. I'm appealing to all of you who do not consider yourselves to be politically akin with Michael Savage, but you listen to me because you hear something that you might agree with from time to time. I'm actually imploring you to go out right now and buy a copy of Trump's war, especially for this one chapter, Trump's war against the war machine. What are my savage solutions? One, stand stand firm on peace with Russia. Two, combat the war propaganda with the bully pulpit. Destroy ISIS and then leave the Middle East. Bring our troops home from unnecessary deployments. I stand by those very words. Russia, 1.7 million. France, 1.3 million. Great Britain and the Empire, 908,000. Italy, 650,000 dead. USA, 126,000 dead, Japan, 300, Romania, 335,000 dead, Serbia, 45,000 dead, Belgium, 13,800, Greece, 5,000. Total allies lost 5 million men in World War I. Germany lost 1.7 million men. Austria, little Austria, lost 1.2 million men in the carnage. Turkey, 325,000. Bulgaria, 87,000. I am talking about human lives. I am talking about men whose legs were blown off, trying to crawl out from wet trenches without legs in their last dying breath, trying to crawl away from legs that were blown off underneath their bodies in World War I. I'm talking about the sloppiest, most disgusting war in human history, World War I. It was all started in the very same way that this war is now being ginned up by the progressives and the neocon ventriloquists. Do you want war with Russia? Is that what you idiots want? War with Russia?
1: A Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Where
0: well, you understand that, that I see Donald Trump as fundamentally a romantic and an idealist in a world of absolute craven gangsterism. I watched a fascinating documentary on Netflix last night and couldn't stop watching it. I went up one, two, three segments of it. A good friend of mine said, you got to watch this about Trump. It's called An American Dream. And he said it really paints him in a terrible picture. He's a Machiavellian, doesn't have any belief in anything. I said, wait a minute, I don't believe that. So I watched one, two, or three episodes, actually three, and I couldn't stop watching it. It's a British documentary, and as you can imagine, designed to be a hit job on Donald Trump. But guess what? It came out exactly as the opposite for me. I saw the romantic and the idealist that Trump is in several different areas. And today's show is going to begin with this topic, which no one in the media has ever said. They've called him every name under the sun, except the right one, because Trump is fundamentally a romantic and an idealist. In one case, he says to an interviewer that when his wife, Ivana, who was his business partner, would come home from work, they were very close in their working. Ivana would say... We're going to do this, this, and this tonight. And he said, I didn't want to live like that. He said she became more of a business partner than a wife. And that is when Donald Trump began to look for someone else to be his romantic partner. Another indicator of his romanticism, to me, is what he does for a living. He is a builder. Trump could have been a doctor or anything else, but he chose to be a builder. He could have been something else. Let's put it that way. Well, why did he become a builder? Well, his father was in the business, but not everyone whose father was in the business does the son follow. But what is a builder? Someone who wants to root themselves to the land and cement their legacy to the land itself. Think about what it takes to be motivated to build high-rises like that. What would drive someone into that very, very challenging world? Trump was rooting his name into the nation the same way he did in New York City. He is deeply connected to America, I would say more so than any president in our lifetime. And this is precise. Globalists and internationalists hate him. They have no connectivity to this nation. They have no loyalty to this nation. The globalists see America as an apartment that they have rented and can leave as soon as possible or whenever they wish. The globalists are not rooted to this land. They are fundamentally people without a country which is why they so hate a man who loves this country. Going back to the 1970s, New York was a sewer. Buildings were falling apart. Crime was rampant. Filth was everywhere. And something needed to be done. I fled New York in 1968, I think. It was a nightmare. I saw no future for the city. President Ford famously told the city that they wouldn't be getting any federal money to save it. So there was a legendary hotel in the middle of Manhattan set to be knocked down because of the terrible economy called the Commodore. Trump had a vision to buy this relic of a hotel and turn it into something modern, dynamic, and attractive. But what he asked for in return was a tax abatement. Now, many at the time, the liberals, called it a corporate welfare system. But at that time, in that place, it was an innovative idea that would put private money into the city, and provide jobs. So what happened? He fought for the tax abatements, and he built a beautiful hotel in the middle of Manhattan called, the, uh, I think, the Hyatt Regency. He created thousands of jobs and brought a jewel to a place in the city that was dying. And I've stayed in that hotel, at least when it was first built. It was a very attractive building. But what was Trump met with for this success? Unmitigated envy and jealousy. Now the same thing happened years later with the Woolman Ice Rink in Central Park. It had been an icon in Central Park and was falling apart. The city planned to rebuild it in two years at a cost of about four point nine million dollars. But after six years, the city still hadn't completed rebuilding the Woolman Ice Rink. And guess what? They'd already spent twelve point nine million dollars. So Trump said he would look down upon it from his office and. You know, he said, we got to redo this. So he wrote a letter to the mayor, Mayor Koch, I believe, and he offered to rebuild the rink, or was it, no, the other one, Beam, I think, was there, another genius. Trump offered to rebuild the rink at his own expense in return for leases to run the rink and the restaurant next to it. He also asked the city to reimburse his costs, and he would donate any profits to charity. And what did Trump do? He finished renovating the Woman Ice Rink in four months, and $750,000 under budget, and he gave most of his profit to charity as promised, including groups like Pay Attention Now All You Liars, United Cerebral Palsy, Partnership for the Homeless, and Gay Men's Health Crisis. That's right. The supposedly homophobic Trump was donating to gay charities all the way back in the 80s. A mayor comes along named Ed Koch, and instead of working with Trump on more projects, he took away the tax abatements and that stopped Trump from building the tallest building in the world, Trump Tower, well, one of the tallest buildings in the world. And why? Because of unmitigated jealousy and hatred for someone who loves his country and loves the American dream and wants to see it happen for others. At least that's the way I see it. Koch was a liberal. The city council was run by liberals who hated the rich. They saw everything through the lens of Marxism. Now, let's be clear. Trump is fundamentally a romantic and an idealist. He romanticized the city of New York. His passion is idealism. It's the American dream. It is taking something, falling apart, and rebuilding it. It is building something out of nothing. This, ironically, is why Hollywood and the left hate him. Because Trump is actually the depiction of what they try to portray in their roles. And that connectivity to the land is exactly what unites him to the average man. They relate to him even though he's rich because he sees the nation the same way the average Eddie does. They don't look at nationalism as white supremacy, as the media would like you to believe. They look at nationalism as a love of nation, as a place where you can dream big and produce great things. The average man is actually a romantic and an idealist, just like Trump. They have dreams for themselves and their family. And that is why Trump was able to win states, the experts said, were impossible to win. Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. That is why he is now so upset at General Motors right now. Because they actually are stabbing Eddie in the back. And the unmitigated jealousy that they have for him is why they hate him. Jealousy, envy. They are not romantics or idealists. They are elitists. They are globalists. They are not nationalists. They do not care about Eddie. Trump had the nerve to do things in New York people said couldn't be done, and he did them. I believe he's trying to do the same thing for America right now, but those same envious people from both sides of the aisle are standing in his way all over again. Again, the monologue's title is Trump is fundamentally a romantic and an idealist, but it could also be called the dynamics of envy, because envy is what I saw. Everyone who put him down and tried to smear him in this Netflix documentary was jealous of him one way or the other. There are people in this country, I know of some of them, who spend their every waking retired hour writing hate mail about Trump uh, to their friends on Twitter or on Facebook. This is all they do. They've retired. They They were losers in life. Failed at almost everything they ever tried. They lived while their wife worked. I know one of them. A complete failure. A jealous man who wished that he had had wives like Trump did. A jealous man who wished that he could have built, uh, uh never mind a high-rise like Trump did, let, him, let alone a high-rise. He wished that he could have built a single-family house, which he never did. He wished that he had a career. He didn't. He wished he had a beautiful wife, which he didn't. And so everything that Trump is, they want it to be. And so as a result of not being able to be that, what happens? They hate him. This is the truth about what's going on in this country. Because I evaluate his policies. And believe me, I have been as critical of some of the foreign policies, some of the environmental policies, as anyone in this country. And if I thought that there was a false word in which I read to you just now, I wouldn't have written it. I don't think there's a false word in it. So as I say, last night I stayed home, I cooked some food in the little house, and I made Teddy feel good. And I watched this documentary for hours. I just couldn't stop watching it. I watched it for a number of reasons. One, because it showed me New York in the 70s. The garbage, the filth, the bums, the turnstile jumpers, the squeegee men, the gangs roaming the streets, the the tipped over cans of garbage, the abandoned buildings in the Bronx. They looked like bombed out shells in Berlin after World War II. That was the city that I ran from in the late 60s. When Trump rehabbed the Commodore Hotel and turned it into the Grand Hyatt, and then later on built Trump Tower, at the time I think the tallest apartment tower in the city. What he did was he saved New York City, and the city came back to life. Well, all of it is not roses. There are other segments in there about him going into the gambling business in Atlantic City, and his father Fred told him not to go into it, and he got into trouble by overspending on the building with his grandiose ideas of the Taj Mahal, which eventually had to declare bankruptcy, but he always pulled himself back from disaster. And this goes right to today. Every step along the way, his detractors said he would fail. Every step along the way, they said he was going to go to jail or go out of business. And they were wrong, because he has a tremendous vision and a tremendous will. And I see the same thing happening right now, not only with the fake Mueller investigation, but with the business deals as well that he's trying to cut for America. And so you say, well, is this too complimentary? Are you just not licking his boots? You could say anything you want about me. It doesn't really matter. My name is Savage. That's all I want you to know is S-A-V-A-G-E is the name.
1: of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. I talk about the impeachment,
0: and I ask whether it would cause a rise of anti-Semitism in the nation. And you say, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Because there is anti-Semitism in the nation right now, and it was triggered by the impeachment. Why do I say that? Because I said the Jewish names associated with the impeachment were Schiff, Nadler, Zelensky, and Goldman. I said it was not about the Jews at all. It was not about religion, but politics and like-minded groups acting together. It's chilling to look back upon that. The president and the attorney general and others have spent the last few months systematically lying to the American people about what the investigation found. They've said that it found no collusion, that it found no uh, obstruction, that it exonerated the president. All three of those statements are ab- absolute lies. It found a great deal of collusion. It found... A great deal of of uh, obstruction of justice by the President, and it found uh, uh, and it re- pointed the refused to exonerate the President. We think it's very important for the American people to hear directly what the facts are, because this is a president who has uh, uh, violated the law six ways from Sunday. Today's topic is rather controversial. Will impeachment cause a rise of anti-Semitism in America? It's already doing so, by the way. It's a rhetorical question. But I'm going to discuss it because it's been eating me alive for, well, a few months now. I've raised this question quietly with friends of mine. Everyone says, don't raise the question on the radio. It's too controversial. I said, I see names like Schiff, Nadler, Zelinsky, Goldman. It doesn't end. And I say, what is going on here? And I say to myself, don't these people understand what they're doing do they think that every American is a moron who can't put two and two together? They say to me, you don't have to do this. I said, yes, I do have to do this. Then this morning, I get a, an article that was dropped out of the blue on The Independent by Dave McLean. YouTube removes video of pastors saying Trump impeachment is a Jew coup but doesn't ban him. YouTube has removed video of a Florida pastor and radio host claiming the effort to impeach Donald Trump is a Jew coup. But his channel remains online. Rick Wiles is known for his anti semitic conspiracy theories. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know the man. I don't intend to have him on. I don't intend to watch his video. But I know what's going on in this country. And just as I have discussed, the vile imagery that Martin scores easy is projecting upon Italian-Americans with his gangster crap. I've done this for a long time now. I'm glad to see the New York Post copied me. Finally, they uh, elaborated on that article, which I've been pushing for two weeks now, ever since I saw that movie. Uh, I knew I wasn't the only one who could see reality. But just as I've been very critical of those who are defaming an entire race, the Italian people, if you want to call it a race, uh, with their vile gangster movies. In other words, tar-brushing all Italians as gangsters. We talked about it yesterday. I feel it's my obligation both because i am jewish but you know i'm more like a lapsed catholic in that sense i'm a lapsed jew if you know what i mean if you're a lapsed catholic meaning you were born catholic your parents were catholic but you don't go to church much you go once once in a while i'm that kind of jewish person i don't walk around wearing my religion on my head on my head i don't walk around wearing a uh, a symbol of my religion i don't care one way or the other i just don't need to make an exhibit of it on the other hand When it comes to a thing like this impeachment business, and I see almost all of the names or a good percentage of them are Jewish, and I know that a guy like Nadler and Schiff, I know in my heart, and I challenge them to defy me, I know that they're not religious Jews. I know that a guy like Nadler and Schiff, these are known as, these are people who hate Israel. They hate Israel. They hate Zionism. Schiff and Nadler, when have they last stood up to radical Islam? Has either Schiff... Or Nadler or Goldman. I have a whole list of names here, by the way. These so-called left-wing Jews. Have they said one word about radical Islam? Have they stood up to that vile, Elon Omar? Have they stood up to her? No. They're very much like the Sanhedrin. and I want to get to that in a minute. We've heard the words deep state. We know what that is. FBI, CIA, NSA who plotted against President Trump. But why are they plotting against President Trump? And what does it have to do with the crucifixion of Jesus and the impeachment causing a rise of anti-Semitism in the nation? Well, give me a few minutes and you may see. You may agree or not agree. The crucifixion of Jesus. I'm not comparing Trump to Jesus. The differences in the two are quite clear. However, both Jesus and Trump were falsely accused by people in power and turned over to a deep state to do their will. And the New Rome, who Jesus stood up to, is today's New World Order. No one has said this before. It's original to the savage nation. And I hope you understand where I'm, where I'm coming from and where I'm going. Think about it. Just think about it. Why was Jesus crucified? Because he stood up to the New World Order, the New Rome, rather. At the time, Rome was the World Order. Jesus defied Rome the Romans went to the Jewish leaders and said nail him to a cross by the way that's quite a loaded phrase nail him to a cross find the charge to nail him to a cross with it's exactly the same as what is going on here because Trump has stood up to the new Rome what is the new Rome what is the new Rome the EU and the deep state now this has been compared to the Salem witch trials and McCarthyism but it bears a resemblance to the crucifixion of Jesus. I want you to think a more, a little more carefully about this. The Sanhedrin, who were they? The Sanhedrin were a group of rabbis who were the Supreme Court of the time in ancient Palestine. It was like a Supreme Court, a body of 71 rabbis. And then smaller Sanhedrin, made up of 23 rabbis, who reached decisions in outlying areas. In the case of Jesus, the Jewish leaders were told, to accuse and condemn Jesus of violating the Sabbath law because he conducted healings on the Sabbath. Accuse him of threatening to destroy the Jewish temple. Accuse him of sorcery. Accuse him of exercising people by the power of demons. Accuse him of claiming to be both the Messiah and the Son of God. In essence, Rome did not want anyone saying they were a king, as Jesus was said to have claimed in being the king of the Jews, because this would upset the ruling class the, the world order in Rome according to the gospel of Luke Jesus is tried condemned by the Sanhedrin but here's the most important point of today's show not all members of the Jewish Sanhedrin not all of them condemned him to be crucified of the 23 21 said crucify him two said do not Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus dissented from this decision Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus dissented from this decision to crucify Jesus. I would have been Joseph of Arimathea or Nicodemus if I were alive at that time. I would not have been one of the 21 like Schiff or Nadler or Goldman. I can give you the names. It's unimportant. Isn't this very similar to Schiff's and Nadler's star chambers where only a few were allowed to attend? And I want you to remember another element to this. Who is it who is the mastermind behind all of this? She is not Jewish. That's Nancy Pelosi. But she is using Jewish people to do her dirty work. It's very interesting to me. Where is she today? The peasant avante of all of this is in Paris, yapping about something she knows nothing about, about climatology. We need to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Savage Nation podcast. <laughs>
1: The Savage Nation, it's Savage On Demand.
0: I'd like the special counsel to have access to Don Jr.'s testimony and determine whether uh, it is evidence of uh, false statements. Uh, I, I think, and, and I greatly appreciate the seriousness with the, which uh, the special counsel takes lying to Congress. So I'll let uh, Bob Mueller be the judge of that. But uh, one of the first acts, if not the first act uh, of our committee, will be to send all of these transcripts uh, of all the witnesses to Bob Mueller that he can consider whether additional perjury charges so are worth So then what happens after the 21 rabbis say, kill Jesus? Jesus is turned over to the Romans for crucifixion. The Romans were the deep state of that time. Pontius Pilate found no basis for this crucifixion, much like Bob Mueller found no collusion. But the deep state said, we want blood. Pilate offered the crowd to spare Jesus or the thief Barabbas, as was the tradition of the day. But the bloodthirsty crowd yelled, give us Barabbas. So the Romans moved forward. The Romans spit on him, beat him, cut him, put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head, and he took it. He took it all the way to the end when he was put on a cross and died. In agony. Only then did people see he was an innocent man. Again, I'm not comparing Donald Trump to Jesus. The differences are obvious. Trump fights back because there is no father for him to turn to. He knows the truth and fights against those trying to hide it. While Jesus fought for the souls of man, Trump is fighting for the basic rights of man under our Constitution and himself, and he is being vilified in much the same way as Jesus was. And in the same way, a deep state is now using Jews to do their dirty work, knowing that they will be the ones to suffer the consequences. They get a a twofer out of this. I don't think you understand how deep this goes. They know that after this is all over, the damage will be done to the Jewish people, not to the deep state. They will have caused a rise in anti-Semitism. And it's not that they don't care. That's part of their goal. What's more important is preserving the way of life of the new Rome, and trying to impose the new Rome upon you. It doesn't matter who gets killed in the process. That is my monologue on the savage nation. Will impeachment cause a rise of anti-Semitism in the country? Do I have to go back and read the monologue again for you to understand the depths of what I just said to you? I'm not putting you down, my dear audience. I'm just emphasizing like a good professor would some of the key points of today's lecture. Today's lecture is, will impeachment cause a rise of anti-Semitism in the nation? It already has. Do you think the average person doesn't know that Schiff is Jewish? He's let us know he is. You think that Nadler from Brooklyn is Jewish? They know he is. Did you know that Zelensky from uh, Ukraine is Jewish? Did you know that the comedian is Jewish? Does it matter? Oh, it does matter. In fact, I have a list here of the Jewish players in impeachment. And where did it come from? A Nazi publication? Before you jump, you morons, you. You vermin on the left. It came from the Jewish News of Northern California by Rom Kampias. Ukrainian President Zelensky, he says, a bunch of Jewish actors that are playing this drama. Zelensky, Jewish. Schiff, Jewish. Lev Parnas and Igor Furman, Jewish. Who was the lawyer? First 45 minutes of questioning to Daniel Goldman. Jewish. Did you know who Nadler is calling this week? Again, atheistic Jews. Professors of this, professors of that. Again, these are the atheists from the Sanhedrin. These are the ones who want to crucify Trump without any evidence to crucify him with. This is history repeating itself. As sure as I am standing here before you, I am swearing to you from the bottom of my heart, if ever I saw history repeating itself, in these times, it's in the impeachment or crucifixion of Donald Trump. What do you think? Will impeachment cause a rise of anti-Semitism? It already has, in my opinion. But what do you think, Jimmy in Las Vegas, what do you think about all of this?
1: Dr. Sackett, it's an honor to speak to you. I love your commentary. I love your opening monologue. Everybody has a stick in the business, but not you. This is gonna be more genuine
0: well, it's it, do you think that there's any accuracy to it, or it's just emotional? No,
1: no 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 you I mean you you though know the Bible better than I do, you know what happened those days before crucifixion, but you know what i'm i'm not practicing Catholic like you I mean. I, I don't wear it on my head. I don't no,
0: want- no. I didn't say I'm a lapsed Catholic. I said I'm like a lapsed Jew. And I said, like <laughs> my friends who are Catholic or lapsed Catholics. I give you and the- I, feel, I feel, look, I know something about the Jewish people. I know an awful lot about the Jewish people. I carry a Bible with me. I have my Bible marked for the last 25 years with hundreds of post-its. It doesn't make me a biblical expert. I wrote God, faith, and reason. I know an awful lot about Judaism. And I want to say this. Almost every religious Jew that I know supports Donald Trump. It's the atheists, the communists, the socialists, the New World Order ones that hate Trump. And they're working for the New World Order. That's the whole point of my monologue today.
1: God bless you. Keep it up. God bless you.
0: Well, I don't know whether to keep it up or keep it down. I don't know whether to zip it up. But I know this. It's far more important than talking about a movie about Italian gangsters. I don't need to see any movies about Italian gangsters anymore. I've seen enough for the rest of my life. It's a distraction. We have gangsters in Congress. It's so clear to me. Sometimes things come to me in such clarity, it's frightening. Today was one of those days. It's heart-stopping, what I saw today. There was a word for it called sartori, where the sudden insight comes to you. And this has been building in me for months now. I have friends, Jewish and non-Jewish, and I've whispered to them for months. Don't you fear that Schiff, Nadler, Engel, don't you think people know that they're all Jewish? Don't you think this is going to stir up anti-Semitism? They said it already has. And let me tell you something else. I've spoken to people at very high levels in this government who told me you're 100% right. The levels of anti-Semitism in this nation right now have gone through the roof because of this, because of Schiff, Nadler, Engels, shall I name a few others? Well, I'm not part of the Sanhedrin that is crucifying Trump. I am Joseph of Arimathea, and I am Nicodemus. For those of you who have been requesting that we provide for you an ad-free podcast, we're going to keep doing that. And in addition to getting the ad-free podcast, which many of you want, for less than the price of a beer in a bar a month, only ninety-nine dollars a month, you're going to get an occasional monologue from me. Maybe I'll read from one of my novels. You're going to get an archive piece going back to 1994. Whatever comes up, you're going to get on an occasional basis. Simply go to michaelsavage.com and click on the exclusive club link. It's that easy. You're going to get things you can't get anywhere else. And thanks for supporting the Michael Savage Podcast. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.